Well, good morning, South Tulsa. It's good to see you again. Good to meet some of you last summer. Always grateful to be here. We just live four miles up the street, as do my wife's parents, Gilbert and Joyce Kendrick, who are faithful members here at South Tulsa. So I promised them I wouldn't say anything stupid. So as to jeopardize my chance of getting apple pie later on. So we're going to, as Zach said, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23, continuing our look at the Kings. So thankful for your pastor, uh, Dr. Costanzo. He's a, he is a good friend. But he's also a great commandment pastor. What I mean by that, great commandment pastors are all great commission pastors. Great commandment pastors, they love the Lord. They love people. And every Great Commandment pastor I've met also is a Great Commission pastor. And this is a missionary machine. South Tulsa Baptist Church, you have been for years. I know you have Mission Week coming up. The way I see it, you guys have Mission Week every week at South Tulsa. Well, thank you for joining with us, Oklahoma Baptist Advancing the Gospel in children's homes and retirement homes. We minister to pastors. We minister to prisoners. In fact, we're training prisoners this year, along with uh, OBU, to become ministers in other prisons. So they're going to teach them how to preach and disciple and then send them to other prisons to disciple other prisoners. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But we also, in between, uh, right now, the people are sending thousands of teenagers to camps, to Cross Timbers and Falls Creek. This is my first time to experience Falls Creek during youth camp. I'd never been there except for meetings and and so you can imagine the excitement walking in, hearing 5,000 teenagers lifting their voice all in the same room. And so far, over 1,600 teenagers have given their life to Jesus at Falls Creek this summer. Amen? <clears throat> Equal exciting to me is that 360 of those uh, teenagers have also surrendered to, their, to the call to ministry and so uh, you're part of that. You're a big part of that. We all are a part of advancing the gospel together. And, uh, but the, the, mo the thing I love most about Eric is that he has, he has no pretense. I mean, that is the most unpretentious pastor I've ever met. He's a lot smarter than he even realizes and humble. And um, what else did he tell me to say? Uh, <laughs> Now, most, most surprised that he asked me to come back. Yeah, that never happened, so I'm not sure what to say. I only have one sermon, so we're just going to hang out. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so Janet and I, as I said, Janet and I, we just live a few miles down the road. We live sprinkled throughout the area are subdivisions surrounding these urban farms, right? And we've only lived here for a year and a half, so this is new to us. Now, urban farm, if you don't know what that is, that means that uh, they don't know what they're doing. That's what that means. So, so we, our backyard bumps up against the backyard with llamas and ponies and horses and sheep and all this. And Janet and I are city kids. We don't know much about that. But we have been watching, getting to know these animals. In fact, the llama spit on Janet her first week here. She fed him a carrot. She spit it right back at her. Had her Sunday clothes on. Particularly grown fond of the ponies, though. One of them is I call Eeyore. Now, don't judge me. I know Eeyore's a donkey. But this, this, uh, this horse just, well, 
Let's watch this video. You'll see why I call him Eeyore. This is Eeyore. He is a pony. He lives right behind my house. He's my neighbor. And I thought Eeyore was drowning. I called. In fact, I jumped across the fence and went and told the owner, your pony's drowning because his head was barely out of the water. He wasn't drowning. Obviously, he can get out of this pond. And I felt like an idiot. You know what? I was too cautious. Yet, I was concerned about Eeyore. Wasn't Eeyore? That's the way we're going to be sometimes. We're going to be too cautious with some of our members, maybe not cautious enough with others. Whatever our decisions are, are going to be second-guessed, even by ourselves. So see, receive this encouragement from the 23rd Psalm where a shepherd like us says to his shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. And let him restore your soul. Let him minister to you during this season. Well, you can see Eeyore's had, had a few meals, had a few birthdays. Eeyore just kind of gets around slowly. And I really genuinely thought Eeyore was drowning. I, the, 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 the folks that live there, that own the farm, I, I just, I think I scared them. I mean, I jumped over the fence, ran past the no trespassing sign and uh, freaked them all out. You know, that's just a great picture of not just pastoring through a pandemic, but parenting through a pandemic, leading an organization, that what your Sunday school class, whatever it is, everyone in the last year and a half had to make all these decisions, and sometimes, you know, we're just guessing. It, you'd be, are we too cautious? Are we not cautious enough? And, and, and that is exactly why the 23rd Psalm has been such a comfort to me, because in the last 18 months, as I pastor pastors, I pastored churches for 27 years before pastoring pastors, and and I've never been so at a loss for what to do. What's the right thing to do? I'm still not sure whether to shake somebody's hand. I'm still not sure whether it's okay to hug. But uh, I know one thing for sure. It's still wrong to greet each other with a holy kiss. All right? So we're just, we're never going to do that again, ever. All right? We can blame the pandemic. I just, I just not into that. So here's, uh, here's the most popular song of, of the most popular king of Israel. And you've been studying the kings. You know this. And this is a personal prayer. This is his testimony. Psalm 23rd. You all know it by heart. So we're going to hear it with fresh ears. And this is, I think, uh, I like to think of this as like the original Lord's Prayer. Because we all know it. And we can draw on it at any time, at any place, without opening the Bible. We can pray this or sing this as it was originally written. And today, we're just going to come together and remind, be reminded of, of who's really the pastor of South Tulsa Baptist Church. His name is Jesus Christ. You've probably got the best pastor in the state, but way better than him is Jesus. He's the real pastor of every church in Tulsa and every church in the world. And so we're going to call on the shepherd today. I'm going to read from the uh, CSB Christian Standard Bible, Psalm 23. Third, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He restores my soul. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley or the most painful pandemic, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for pasturing us, leading us, shepherding us through this most difficult season. And even as it lingers on, and in some countries still is strong, we pray that you pastor us. Pray that you pastor our pastor, uh, and, and Eric and Rebecca, comfort them as they go through the valley of the shadow of death. Of, and, and we ask that you'd speak to each person according to their need. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, as we go back over this familiar psalm, the first thing that David is saying, who was a former shepherd, as you know, and shepherd and pastor meet, pastor mean the same thing. They're the same word, translated differently. But what, what he's saying as a king is the Lord is pastoring me. This is all in first person. So he's not saying the Lord used to pastor me or back in the good old days he used to pastor me when I was shepherding sheep. He's saying present tense, the Lord is pastoring me. What a great reminder that regardless of who's on call or who's on the org chart, that, that Jesus is always on the job. He's always, always pastoring us. And David, as a, as a pastor, as a king, as a leader, is saying, you know what? I, as a pastor, need to be pastor. I, as a shepherd, need to be shepherded. I, as a king, need to be led by a king. And so he's saying, Yahweh the most personal name for God, used over 7,000 times in the Bible, Yahweh is pastoring me. It's not a generic word for God. This is very personal. So the Lord is pastoring me. Is he pastoring you? I'm not talking about did you, when you got saved. Many of you probably got saved at Falls Creek. But what about since then? What about this week? What about today? Is he pastoring you? Are you asking him to shepherd you, to lead you? To love you because you don't have to be saved again, but you do need to be reminded, we all do, that Jesus is the hero of this church, that Jesus is the hero of our lives, and he's the only shepherd to, who can save us and who can lead us through every day and every challenge. And so through hopefully towards the end of this pandemic, it's still around and it's still a threat. And we should be concerned. However, this is a great opportunity for the Lord to, 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 to step up and do what he wants to do in our lives. Be our shepherd. Be our hero. So he says, the Lord is pastoring me. If you're not a Christian today, you can't say that. Because you've not asked him to be your shepherd. If you've not asked him to take away your sin, take away the sting of sin, take away the penalty of sin, then you are shepherdless. And that can change. You don't have to leave this room without knowing who your shepherd is. You can join this church and, and you can have some great shepherds. These are awesome guys. I mean, not just Eric, Zach, Philip, Brian, all these guys. I'd hate to be the guy that follows Philip, by the way. Good grief. He's awesome. He's a crooner. Dude knows his, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, you can clap for him. It's okay. Some of you are like, air clap. Come on. 
Wow, what a what a blessing. But of, of all the great pastors you have, they need also uh, a pastor. They need the Lord. And so David's saying, I that's me. I need to be, I need a pastor, and we all do. And so Jesus will be your pastor, and there'll be pastors here to help you online as well. If you're not sure if you're a Christian, then please in comment, there are places there to to ask, and we will help you take that first step of faith. After the service, the end of the sermon, we're going to have an invitation. You can talk to one of them. If not during the invitation, afterwards, they would be happy to help you find out how you can be introduced to the great shepherd. All right, the second thing he says, not only is the Lord pastoring me, but the Lord is providing for me. And in three ways, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He didn't say I had everything I want. Even though in the King James it says, I shall not want, that's not to be confused with saying, I get what I want. And I'm so glad that I have Jesus and Janet to help me know the difference between a want and a need. <laughs> I get really confused about that sometimes. He never says we get everything we need, everything we want. You know, some Christians believe that. If I just want it and believe it and step on it and march around it, it's mine. Listen, he says, I will, I, I'm your shepherd. I will provide. I know what you really need, and I'll take care of your needs. And he mentions three. David does. He says, first of all, you know, the Lord's taking care of my physical needs. Some of you have, that's your top need right now. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, having observed these sheep for the last year and a half in our backyard, I've learned a lot about sheep and shepherding, just watching them. First of all, of all the farm animals, those are the most skittish. Those are the most nervous. And, um, and yet when they lie down, and they do, that means that they feel safe and they feel fed. They're good. But if they're hungry or feel threatened, they just keep looking. They keep searching. But here's the deal. I grew up a Baptist, a Southern Baptist my whole life. We're a little shy about asking God to help us with physical needs, with our asking God to heal us because we're afraid that somebody will associate us with our charismatic cousins. We're asking God to take care of our financial needs. You shouldn't be shy about that. In fact, Jesus says, he says, Who among you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So God is for us. He is with us. And so if you today have a physical need, and maybe your doctors are great, maybe the medicine's great, but nobody's greater than the great physician. Amen? He knows exactly what you need. Let's trust him. If you're broke, maybe the people around you don't know it, but God does, and he knows what you need. You're not going to get everything you want. But you will get what you need if you ask him. If you ask him. So David says, the Lord is my provider. He is taking care of my physical needs. He also says he's taking care of my emotional needs. When he says in verse 2, he leads me beside the still waters or the quiet waters. Now this pond that you saw in the video is about 50 yards from our back door. So it's very close. And we see the animals get in, especially in the middle of the summer, which is when this video was shot. And so, the, you know, some of them go in there, they're hot. 
the llamas will splash around in the lighter parts of it. The horses, of course, wade right on in there. And um, the sheep, though, they never wade into the pond because they've got a coat on, right? They've got a wool coat on. And they're afraid that if they walk in, they can't walk out like Eeyore did. And, 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 and they're saying if there's a stream of water, they won't get close to one. That, and so he says is a good shepherd will, will lead the sheep to still waters that, where they can be calm, where they can feel safe. And many of you haven't felt safe in over a year and a half. And I'm not talking down to you when I say that. The fact is, we've all lost friends and family to COVID and other things. That there are things that we should have a healthy fear about, right? We should be careful about. And so, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a healthy fear. But here's what is not a good testimony to the world. When Christians who claim that Jesus is their shepherd freak out, when things go south, when there's a pandemic, when there's politics, when there's protests, all the things we've experienced, and Christians are wringing their hands and worried about every little thing and complaining about everything, that's not a good look for us. Because we're sheep who have a shepherd. And because we have a shepherd, we should have the peace of God. And so when David wandered away as a sheep, and Isaiah says that all of us are sheep, who wander away, all of us go astray. And he, he said, when I do, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures, provides my physical needs, leads me beside still waters, provides my emotional needs. So I don't have to get those emotional needs met in the lesser way. Here's what I mean. We moved here right before the pandemic started. From Nashville, Tennessee. We got here, we got settled, we started to, to make friends and started to visit churches and serve pastors and all of a sudden, like you, we were sheltered and in timeout. Except less than one mile away was a Brahms, and I'm telling you, emotionally, I could not go past the Brahms without getting a little bit of help. Now, Janet and I both grew up in Texas. And so here's the way it is in Texas. You grow up in Texas, you see a Brahms, it's like an oasis. It's like they're so rare. Like you can't not go into Brahms because there's just sprinkled throughout Texas a few Brahms, just like you guys may have grown up. And that's the way it was when you decide a water burger and you go, that's a water burger. We better get over there. And I believe sometime in the 90s or two, early 2000s, some back, back, back deal was made where I'm going to trade you a dozen or more water burgers for a dozen Brahms. And now they're just starting to sprinkle around. But when we, when we moved here, we, every day, every day I'd go past there and I'm like, you know, my emotional needs would kick in. And that $1.98 for two wonderful, generous, beautiful scoops of ice cream. And I, st I just felt like I needed that. And then somebody up, up lined at Brahms decided they'd drop the price to $1.68 for two scoops. I really couldn't say no to that. All of a sudden, I, I, I started gaining weight. And, I, and my wife, put, she put a timeout on that deal. She's like, hey, 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 hang on there, pal. You know, the thing is, a lot of us were spent emotionally. And some reached out for food, for comfort. I did. Some reached out for alcohol. 
some binge-watched television or social media. Some went into these dark places. And Jesus is enough. He's enough. And so when you are like David, and you will be, and your soul is downcast, when you're emotionally needy, remember this psalm. And just pray it. Say, Lord, lead me beside still waters. Because I can't sleep at night. I'm worried about everything. And he says he will restore your soul. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. David says he's not only provided my physical needs and emotional needs, but also my spiritual needs. In verse uh, 3, he says he, re he restores my soul. He renews my life. Soul and life are used interchangeably in the both in Hebrew and Greek, Old Testament and New, that's, that's what he's saying is that he restores me. He, he restores, you put your name there, Mark, Mark Dance. And, and David's saying he's restored me because I've gone astray. He didn't just go astray when he was young with Bathsheba. He went astray. I don't know how far along you are in this deal, but David didn't get better as he got older. He was a wonderful king and warrior and songwriter and had a heart after God, but he was a terrible father and even worse husband and he kept straying away from God he never lost his salvation but no telling how many times he lost his joy of his salvation and he knew he knew though that God's unfailing covenant love was true that God still loved him and so he would come back and and, and restore his soul and it might be that you've walked in this morning and you're far from God or you're watching online and you're, you're far from God. You haven't lost your salvation, but, but you've lost the joy of your salvation. The fact is there's lots of sheep, lots of Christians, believers, who've wandered away from God, especially in these last months. There are some right now are telling you you hadn't seen them in months, and they're telling you they, they weren't coming back because of COVID. Now they're telling you they're not going back because they went to another church. And some of them are lying to you. Fact is, some of them aren't going anywhere. They're not watching anything. They've just fallen away from God and they're waiting for somebody to care about them. Somebody to remind them who their shepherd is. And we need to help the wandering sheep. And if you're those, those sheep, all you need to do is turn, repent, turn back to God and He will restore your soul. It's that simple. It's not complicated. But it is your decision. David had to make it over and over. And so he's praying here in verse 3. Lead me along the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Some sheep are looking for greener grass, going from church to church, from class to class or channel to channel, looking for people to meet their needs. And they're vulnerable right now. But Jesus is the only one that can provide your physical needs, your spiritual needs, and your emotional needs. And he can do all three, as David said. He's my pastor. He's my provider. And finally, he says, he's my protector. 
He's my protector. In verse 4, even when I go, not if, but when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. Your translation may say danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that term dark, it's actually one term, dark valley. You may be more familiar with valley of the shadow of death. It's actually one word, it means, or a compound word that means deep darkness. And it's a, it's a literal place between Jerusalem and Jericho. It was a pinch point for predators because of the, the shadows that would be cast. No light would come into those dark valleys between mountains. And, and that would be an opportunity for the enemy or a predator or a thief to take advantage of people. And so it was known to be dangerous. It was the setting for the Good Samaritan story. And David says, you know, even when I have to go through that valley, I'm not going to be afraid. You might be in that valley right now. And so your shepherd is the same shepherd, Yahweh. Jesus, his name, you can't say his name without saying Yahweh. Yahshua. Yah is short for Yahweh. Yahweh saves. And he, because he has taken away the sting of death and the fear of death and the penalty of death, he, he, you no longer have to be afraid. Doesn't mean you like death, okay? Grief is normal, it's natural, but there's a difference between grieving and fear. And so be concerned, be cautious about the pandemic and everything else, but just don't fear death because you are not going through that valley alone. Rebecca right now, I mean, her grandfather died back in December and he lived over 100 years. That's a celebration right there. I mean, you read about it in your bulletin. That's spiking the ball and spinning the ball. When you live over 100 years and you're, your life's being celebrated by your family, that's not a time to cry. That's a time to go, woo, praise the Lord. But sometimes people, they die prematurely. This, this week was a tough week to be a pastor to pastor. We had, a, we had a, um, an Oklahoma Baptist pastor die in his 40s, just went in for a routine uh, deal and, and didn't come out. And now his wife and teenage boys are grieving. And, and I'm going to visit with them tomorrow. Another uh, pastor friend in his 40s is on deathbed, not likely to wake up. He just walked out to get the mail. We used to fish together in Nashville. He was one of my pastors. Just in his 40s, ex-Marine, pastor, life can be short. Let me tell you something about these two pastors, though. Their families are grieving, but they are not grieving in fear. Because death has been neutralized by the good shepherd. Amen? And so today, if you don't know your name's written on the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not sure who your shepherd is, you're not sure if Jesus is your Lord, let's make it happen. The Lord's ready. He's, he says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. Not might be saved, you will be saved. And so you don't have to wait for Pastor Eric to come back to get saved. You can do it right here and now. And he'd be pretty happy about it. And he'd even be happy to dunk you when, 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 he, got, when he gets back. Death's been swallowed up in victory, as was read earlier. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your 
sting. My, my pastor, I grew up in Tyler, Texas, and my pastor, Paul Powell, where I grew up, he said the difference between a child of God and others is not the absence of shadows, it's the presence of the shepherd. Scholars believe that David wrote this psalm after Absalom, his son, died in a coup attempt that failed. He was grieving the loss of his son, the chaos that ensued in his kingdom, and he was literally walking through Death Valley. It could have been he wrote it after the death of his other son. Regardless, he says, the Lord is pasturing me. I'm not afraid of, free, of, of evil. I'm not afraid of death because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you know, a rod's just a two or three foot weapon. And to protect the sheep that shepherds often use. And in the staff, you have a picture of it over here in this first paint, uh, stained glass and, and with a hook on it, the staff with a hook on it. I actually have one in my house and I almost used it to get Eeyore out of that pond. You think I'm kidding, but all he needed, you get that staff and you, you, you put it around their neck and then lift their head up because he kept going down there and bubbling. And I thought, if I lift him up, I'll lead him out. And I was about to do that when he walked out and I shot that video. I'm so glad I didn't have to go in that nasty pond, by the way. But you can buy one of these staffs at Tractor Supply for 20 bucks today. Seriously. They still use them. You can go get one. The fact is that the Lord's given you a staff. It may not look like that, but you can make a phone call. You can text. You can reach out to somebody who's a sheep from South Tulsa who's wandered astray. Somebody needs a nudge, amen? Somebody needs a little encouragement. And I'm not saying that you're going to be ultimately their shepherd or responsible for their spiritual needs because everyone has to be responsible for their own decisions. But you can remind them who their shepherd is. You can remind them today that the Lord is their shepherd. And because of that, they are not pastorless. He is pasturing and he is providing and he is protecting even today. Would you let him pasture you right now as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed? If you're a Christian, I'm going to ask you to speak to the Lord. You already know how. This song. Start by just saying, thank you, Lord, for pastoring me. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. And this would be a great chance if you have a physical or emotional or spiritual need to lift them up specifically to the Lord. Trust Him right now. Maybe you've come in today and you have fears death, of evil, of uncertainty, and you're going to need to pray, Lord, protect me. Protect me today. With your rod and your staff, I trust you to protect me.
And again, for those that might not have ever asked Jesus to be your Savior, your Shepherd, your Lord, right now is the best time you'll ever have to say yes to him. To say no to the devil, no to death, no to sin. You have to say yes to Jesus and trust him alone to be your Savior. And he will. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want someone to walk you through that carefully. Would you call on the name of the Lord? Jesus, thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you that you are our greatest advocate. We trust you for every part of our lives. Thank you for pastoring us. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for protecting us. We give you glory for any decision today in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.